I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hey, kids. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're all doing well. Welcome to Just a Game Live from the Oodle Noodle Studio. Uh, you notice the difference. We'll get into that in a second. We are broadcasting live, of course, from Treaty 7 territory. And today, maybe more so than most days, I just want to reinforce the fact that everybody is welcome. This is an all-inclusive uh, and a safe podcast. Uh, I'm in a pissy mood. I won't lie to you. I'm in a pissy mood. Um, we got some great guests coming up, and we got a hockey game to talk about, but uh, God bless the good folks at the Nation Network. They've given me a platform. And for those of you who have been along with me for the journey, you'll know that given the opportunity, I will take said platform and utilize it. Um, for those who are new to the program, uh, this may not be your thing, and I get it, fully understand it. To my good friend Ty uh, from Superheroes, Ty, I'm going to owe you one because I'm probably going to break my promise to you. Um, but I am a little bit pissy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expound upon that. My guess is that the audience is the regular audience today and then some more um, that are just waiting to see if I'm going to follow through. Because last night, um, we saw something that is now becoming a bit of a disturbing trend to me. Allyship's important. Like, I'm a lot of things. I am not better than anybody. I'm not um, perfect. I have lots of flaws. Um, and that's why I'm an ally because I'm not better than anybody. And the great Patton Oswald has a great stand-up special um, in which he talks about allies and, and, and haters and how the haters tend to use the language better than the allies. And sometimes the allies are a little clumsy, but you gotta, you know, you gotta accept, the, accept the, the spirit rather than the terminology. So there might be a little bit of me walking over myself today, but I'm pissed. I am pissed. And this one goes out directly at the National Hockey League. This one goes out to the delicate geniuses with the Minnesota Wild. Wild became yet another team in the National Hockey League that chose not to participate in their very own pride game and not wear the warm-up jerseys. So if this offends you, if, if, if this is going to get you upset, then log off now. Because I'm pissed. This is important. Like, this, this stuff is important. Now, all due respect to my good friend Perry Berezan, who was kind enough to join us back on podcast number three, and we had, which was a very robust and well-received conversation about the similar topic. 
And people loved it because we were able to share our ideas. And even though we didn't agree with each other, we, we were able to broach that topic. This isn't what Perry was talking about. Don't, don't bullshit me. This isn't the Minnesota Wild saying, ooh, this is, this is going to wreck our, our uh, warm-up. We're not used to wearing this particular jersey for warm-up. We're, we're not going to do that. That's, Perry was talking about taking a player out of a routine. That's not what this is. This is hate. It's simply hate. Okay, let's pull it down right to it. If you are marginalizing one group and refusing to acknowledge them or give them respect, it's hate. That's what it is. New York Rangers participated in it. The Minnesota Wild have participated in it now. This is a trend. At least Ivan Provorov came out, said why he didn't want to do it. He didn't do it in Philadelphia for religious reasons, but the rest of his teammates took the warm-up. Now, you're saying to yourself, but why does this matter, Rob? Well, it matters because the Wild were going through with it. They put those jerseys up on an auction site to raise money for a charity and had to pull them off because they weren't worn. Uh, John Merrill and a handful of his teammates had pride tape on their sticks, and John Merrill and his wife had put some effort into this. Um, this was somebody on that team saying, nah, they, they don't count. They don't matter. That, that, that group doesn't matter. That's bullshit. Hockey's for everyone. Where are you, Kim Davis? Where are you, Kim Davis? There's a lot of us in the DEI community in hockey that took a little bit of offense when Kim Davis took over at the National Hockey League. And in 2018, I believe it was, and, and said, you know, she invented hockey's for everyone. We, we were working on that well before she came. She's well-intended and stuff like that. But these are the days in which leadership matters. Where's Gary Bettman? Gary Bettman's punted on this. Where's Jared Spurgeon, the captain of the Minnesota Wild? Haven't heard from him. Now, this, this podcast may not date very well, but I keep checking Mike Russo, who covers the Minnesota Wild for the Athletic, and I haven't seen anything. You let down a lot of people last night. It's a ha Yes, you did other things. Great, terrific. Absolutely. And the Wild went on to tell you about all the other things they did. But what you had was your players saying, uh uh, not this one. We're not going to do this. Imagine the controversy if a team said, nah, nah, you know what? We're not going to do the Black Heritage jersey. Imagine the controversy if one of the Canadian teams said, nah, we're not going to do the Indigenous celebration jersey. Now nah, we're not into it. We don't believe in it. It's about respect. Don't give me this crap about religion. Don't give me this crap about politics. One side's politicizing it. Oh, sure. As soon as I went after, the first thing I got was an own the libs video about drag, drag queens talking to, 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 to kids at libraries. Get lost. That's a made-up controversy. The only way it's out there right now is that somebody needs red meat for the mouth breathers. Our system is based on people being pissed off and angry about something. And that's the trend is you right now. But why it's dangerous, and I'm using that term, it's hate and it's dangerous. Why it's dangerous? Because there's a whole bunch of people in Minnesota under the age of 18 who are struggling right now with the most important decision they're going to make in their life about living their true lives, about being their true selves. And guess what? The Minnesota Wilds said, nah, you guys don't count. Nah, we're not going to do all of that. You guys don't count. Could cost lives. Representation matters. Respect matters. We are all asked to do things. We are all asked to do things that maybe we don't necessarily are. This is not recruitment. 
This, we're not saying sign up for this. We're saying we see you, we respect you, we recognize you, you're part of our sport. That's what it's saying. It's not a conversion party. It's not come join the team. Live and let live. Before you start sending me the right-wing bullshit about own the libs, I've never voted liberal in my entire life. Won't vote for the UCP either. I'm a conservative with social value. I don't have a party right now. I am left behind politically. I am left behind politically. So don't start with your liberal bullshit, woke bullshit, because it ain't. It's about being respectful. It's about telling people that they matter. Saturday, the Calgary Flames told the Treaty 7 Nation they mattered. Last Tuesday, they told black fans of the team they mattered. And last night, the Minnesota Wild, and whoever it was, ownership management player, doesn't matter. You just told a whole bunch of people they don't matter. We have a mental health crisis in this world. Canada and North America and the United States are part of that. And you just told a whole bunch of kids who are looking for somebody like them or for somebody to say we're an ally. You don't matter. The NHL now has done that on a couple of occasions. And we're all waiting to see who's next. We're all waiting to see which teams are next. Okay, enough of that. You know where I stand. So let's be proactive about this. Everybody know what this is? Everybody seen this? This is pride tape. This is pride tape. If you're in sport, by the way, an Edmonton company, so an Alberta, made in Alberta solution, I apologize for the noise that I'm going to create on this microphone, but I'm putting this here. I don't know if it's going to stay here because I'm borrowing the microphone. You notice we got a new set, okay? You know what this simple act does? Show somewhere, someone you're an ally. I know I've got coaches watching me now. I know i got coaches watching me from all kinds of sports. Grab some, put it on your stick, put it on your bag, put it on your whistle, put it somewhere where a teenager who's struggling right now with their identity, who just wants to feel safe, who just wants to belong, can see it and know you're an ally. That's all you need to do. You're not endorsing anything. You're not joining anything. All you're doing is telling a kid, it's okay. We got you. You're part of our team. You can play. Not you can play if we like you. Not you can play because we've decided you're okay. Again, nobody's recruiting anybody here. This is about respect. And the NHL's treading on some really thin ice right now. You want to check boxes? Fine. Everybody checks boxes. But don't tell us hockey's for everyone and then allow this to happen unchecked, unchallenged. Gary Bettman was in town last week. Biggest regret I have, biggest regret I have professionally is I never participated in one of these games, that I never got to organize one of these games. Because then I'd have a little bit more to stand on. All I can stand on right now is allyship. That's all I can stand on. Disappointing. My sport of choice, disappointing. And it's a trend. And it matters to me. It matters to listeners of this podcast. It matters to a lot of people out there. Yes, I fully understand that I am going to get some pushback on this. Absolutely. But that's what a, uh, that's what a mute button's for. And, and that's what a unfollow, not unfollow, but block button is for. 
I'm a big boy, I can take it. I'm a big boy and I can take it. You better be really careful about these decisions you make because you know what? Guess what, Minnesota? You got a bunch of people in the LBGTQ2 community that work for you. You have a bunch of people in the LBGQT. This is why I said what I said off the top. That right now feel like they don't matter. That they're somehow lesser. That's why this matters. That's why this is important. I have not articulated it the best. I'm angry about it. Last but not least, don't try the, oh, you wouldn't say that if it would. Absolutely, I will. 100%. I don't believe that the Flames have had a pride night yet. But if it comes out that they're going to buck this system that hockey ops doesn't want them to do it or the captain doesn't want well, there's no captain. The, the players don't want to do it. I will go hard again. Respect is respect. Live and let live. None of us are better than anybody else. I respect your right, not necessarily to agree with that, but I would ask you then just to hold your tongue and not participate. Think about all, and, and again, I get it. There's a whole bunch of people that think this is some, some, some sort of funny thing that would just go, and I use the term old white guys. This is old white, I'm an old white guy, so I can say it. This is old white guy hockey again. That's what this is. We're in it for everybody until we don't want to be in it for everybody. Then we'll be in it for whoever we want it to be about. We never had to do this. They were always just in the corner, in the closet. Leave them there. I've heard all of this. You don't think I have? I have. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've heard it. It's in our sport. It's in other sports. And when I refer to old white man thinking, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Thank you. Just wanted to get that off my chest. A little pissy today. A little pissy. Uh, Peter Marr coming up. <clears throat> that's uh, that's what we're hoping. Uh, you know, all things being equal. Uh, as we are, as I was ripping off whatever I was ripping off, um, there's an announcement in our city about the chase for the 2030 Commonwealth Games. Um, not the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games. Uh, interesting bid. Interesting bid. Edmonton, Calgary, and Satinna. Edmonton, Calgary, and Satinna. We'll have a mystery guest join us who is part of the press conference that's going on right now. A mystery guest joining us in a little over an hour to talk about that. The local hockey heroes. Last night in Minnesota. If I'm going to bear my soul on some, I better bear my soul on all. In overtime, yet another fantastic goaltending performance, whatever, whatever performance it was, squandered away in overtime by a team that can't win three-on-three. It's not disgust in which I turned off the television. It was just seen this movie too many times. I know how it ends. I'm going to walk away now. An hour later, I learn it wasn't over. So if you need that buffoon, goof, uh, whatever the terminology is, 
to tell your friends about, did you watch the game last night? You weren't like him, were you? You weren't like Rob, were you? You got just seen the movie so many times that you didn't need to see the credits. You didn't need to hear the final theme. Theme. Did I say we need a theme? This show needs a theme. We got this great, Gavin made, our new producer made up this great package, by the way, new location. He made up this great theme for a great new graphics and intro and stuff. We need a theme. I, in all of the years, I think I had a real, I've never had a theme theme. I've had music, sure, but I've never really had a theme theme. I want a theme with words and, you know, yelling and screaming at the clouds and, you know, stay away if you're slightly offended by allyship. <sighs> Last night, I spit the bit. I quit. Overtime loss. I'm out. Seen the movie before. I'll look at the game sheets afterwards. I'll go through the numbers. I can sit here and talk about how great Mark... Uh, Jacob Markstrom was. I I was going to say Backstrom because the two games that I have watched the Minnesota Wild play this week have taken me back a decade or so. Back to the glory days of Nicholas Backstrom, Jacques Lemaire, Marion Gabrick, uh, Wes Walls. God, that team. I mean, I'm pissed at them anyway, but that team is no fun. And it's too bad because I love Matt Dumba. Matt Dumba's a Calgary kid and and I, you know, got to know him a little bit. And, and I, I think the world, uh, there's lots of pieces on that team I like. But, oh, and Dean Evison's a good dude, like former Hitman coach and all that. It, just watching that style just doesn't fit. You know, you, you know, meanwhile, up the road, they're, you know, they're back to playing 80s oiler hockey where they're winning 8-7 or whatever the scores have been last little while. Um, having said that, a, a big win. Tyler Toffoli in the shootout, second straight game in which he is responsible for the game winner off his stick. First shutout of the season for a flame goalie. First shutout of the season for uh, Jacob Backstrom. <sighs> Jacob Markstrom. If you're ever doing your own podcast and you're going to fly off the handle at the beginning because you're really pissed off, it's going to affect you for the next couple of minutes. I'm just here to tell you, that's how this all works. So anyway, uh, Markstrom with the shutout, 40 saves. His first of the year. He went back to back, which last, uh, was it last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, Vladar went back to back. Um, and God bless the good folks at, at Sportsnet um, who pointed out that, you know, Phoenix to Vegas isn't a big, long trip. Uh, he didn't get much work in the Arizona game. Um, you know, it made sense. Well, Markstrom, you know, it was a tough game against Dallas the night before. They they win it with whatever it was, six seconds left. And then it's one of the longer trips you're going to take back-to-back. -back. Although, um, again, delicate genius territory. It's a uh, chartered airport airplane with your own seat, with as much food as you can eat. Um, you're taken directly to a five-star hotel. I mean, it's, it's rough. I get it, but not that rough. Anywho, uh, but Markstrom plays both. And he... Saved his best for last night, I thought. Um, he really did. Um, anyway, uh, I'm really excited um, now <laughs> this week that we're not talking about, and it, it doesn't matter to me about what the story is, but week after week after week of the same old, same old uh, ain't fun for anybody. And I think 
you know, we're going to get Peter Amar on here in a second. Um, and I think when we do, um, all right, I'm just waiting because he, he, there, I, I see him. Peter, thumbs up if you can hear me. I, I think you can hear me in the waiting room. Can you? Can you hear the show in the waiting room? Okay. Gav, let's bring him in. Yeah. Hello, Peter. Gonna turn this up a second. Okay. So just to... Can you hear me now, Pete? Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can. Yahoo! Pete is there. Yep. <laughs> there. There How are we you, go. sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you. you? Very good. So we're going to deal with a little bit of a delay, Pete. So that's okay. We'll we'll get through this. Um, haven't seen you in a while. Just give us a, a quick update. How you how you doing? What's keeping you busy these days? Well, not a whole lot, Rob. I've been away in the south and um, enjoying the um, the better weather there. Let's put it that way than what they're experiencing here in uh, Calgary, but. Uh, People that go to uh, Phoenix on a regular basis are telling me that it's, uh, it's colder there this year than it's been in years. So uh, it, it didn't uh, get to golf quite as much as I would have liked, but I did get out on the golf course and uh, improve my uh, game a little bit. And um, at least I thought I did. And uh, went out and around, saw a few things in the area and that type of thing. So just getting back on that and just getting back into the, the groove with things here in Calgary after being away for a little bit here. Uh, a thought on the current state of the the local hockey heroes. Um, you know, we were going to talk a couple weeks ago, and and they were beginning to struggle. They've struggled, but you know, two big wins on a back to back road trip. Uh, Markstrom with a shutout um, probably changes the mood a little bit. But your thoughts on on where this team finds itself? Take a mark from Rod in the last two games. I mean, he was absolutely uh, phenomenal last night in particular. It was very strong in the game on Monday as well in in Minnesota. And, and you know, to be fair, if they had gotten goaltending like that uh, through much of the season, they wouldn't be in the predicament they're in right now. There are other things that need to improve upon with the team and bail you out. In, in situations where there's a defensive lapse or something happens in front of him and that type of thing. But uh, Matt would be the first to tell you that he wasn't having a very good year. Uh, particularly in the uh, the last two games, and especially when you think they were on back-to-back nights. And uh, last night, they don't get it. I think he faced 38 shots and stopped them all. Uh, 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 you know, that was a really big boost for the team to win those two games. Spot. So it gives the other guys in front of them confidence in the goalie. So hopefully this is going to turn around the team and they can have a great finish to the regular season and get themselves uh, into the playoff spot. But certainly most of us expected the Flames would have. I thought they wouldn't be as good as they were last year, but I didn't think they'd be as bad as they have been so far this season. But a real bright shining light, the fact that they've been able to have the last couple of games uh, being victories and on the road against pretty good teams. And interestingly, last night's game uh, was a, a scoreless tie, obviously, until uh, the Flames wanted in a shootout. The last time the Flames had a game like that 
there wasn't a shootout in the, at the time. That was back in 2007. On March the 7th, the Flames played a game in Minnesota against the Wild, and that game went 65 minutes without having a goal scored. And uh, Mika Kiprasov turned in an outstanding performance in that game for the Flames. I well recall how well he played uh, on that night. I think he stopped 41 shots or something like that. The other end of the ice, Nick Backstrom was in goal for the Wild, and he was equally as, as brilliant. So uh, it's amazing that uh, the last two 0-0 games the Flames have had through 65 minutes both were in Minnesota again. Pete, just to let you know, we are having a little bit of trouble uh, with the audio. We're going to keep going um, because, you know, when you're talking, it's it's gold to listen to, sir. So, But we are having, and we will, we recognize we're having a little bit of uh, audio and video issue, but we're going to work on that. We'll get that taken care of here. Pete, um, a lot of talk about, you know, maybe the, the way this team's season has gone. Daryl Sutter is a coach that is brought in for a specific reason. He's brought in to win in the playoffs and get a team to the playoffs. What have you seen from Daryl this year? Anything that surprises you? <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure this is going to work, Pete. I, I don't think you heard the question. Um, Gavin, maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll just hang up on he, on Pete here for a second and maybe see if we can get him back in. And uh, we apologize uh, again, trying our best to work with with the technologies that we can to make this work. And most of the times it does, and when it doesn't. We'll fire through it, but I'll guarantee you that we will continue to work and and see if we can't somehow improve the connection so that we can get Pete to be a regular on this show. Uh, I know a lot of people, I want to hear from him. Um, I miss having him on. Um, but again, you know, we uh, we are trying our best. Gab, you want to give me a little direction on what you'd like to do here? Would you like to try him again or you want him? Okay. I just got to go up into the, uh, oh, well. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately we've, we've lost the connection. So Gav, what I'll get you to do is maybe, uh, give Pete a call and just let him know that unfortunately we, we dropped off here and, uh, we'll try to get him back on, but we'll work on that technology here and, and, uh, in the coming weeks and see if we can't get him back. Apologize. I do. Uh, we are working a little bit without a net and, uh, we're doing the best we can, but you know, sometimes it works and, and, and sometimes it doesn't. And I think we all have those challenges in life. Um, interesting that Pete brings up, uh, almost, uh, to the day, March 7th, I believe, uh, he was talking about, uh, you know, almost 15 years ago. And there's that Nick Backstrom name again, Mika Kippersoff. And it was a shout those games eight in a row or eight, not in a row, but eight in a season, against um the minnesota wild uh was always a struggle uh you know jacques lemaire if you go back to 2000, 2003 remember the minnesota wild on that uh, magical ride to the western conference left wing lock 
Um, they were a fun story at the beginning and then they just killed hockey. It was the dead puck era and it spawned a lot of copycats. It forced the league into changing the way the game was called to try and open it up. Um, it, you know, a cautionary tale about the efficiency of coaching and how good coaching, uh, can sometimes, um, you know, make a difference, a, a big difference in the style of play. And we, you know, we see it all the time. Uh, uh, you know, you had John Tortorella earlier this year, you know, rail rail against iPads and technology on the bench. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure he's going to get a lot of support. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to get a lot of support on that. Okay. Gab, is it cool if I try Pete one more time here since we got him? Pete, can you hear me? Yep. There we go. Hello. Hey, you can hear me now, Pete. It, it's it's got to remind you of those early days of radio when it was all technology and, you know, something might go down and you had to go to the phone and broadcast a game from a telephone, right? <laughs> Rob, my technology, I can tell you one time was broadcast in the area. Yeah. I broadcast the whole first period that wasn't on the air. <laughs> they called it the broadcast booth all by myself and i'm thinking i can't leave i'm on the air live only to find out i also i had to go in and take the telephone call what i forgot to do was put in the broadcast so I got back call the greatest there is you know what, Pete, unfortunately we've lost you again. Uh, I, re I really appreciate you trying. Um, we're going to work on that and we'll get that one solved before the next one. Um, we thought it was the, uh, we thought maybe last time it was just the strength of the signal where you were. Um, I think there's something on my end here that isn't, that isn't helping you. So again, Pete, I apologize. It's been a rough start to getting you back on the airwaves here in Calgary, but we'll get there. Be patient with us. Uh, we'll get you back on. Um, yeah, so Gab, we'll, uh, we'll let Pete go and, uh, I'll talk to him after the show and, and we'll get everything worked out. But, um, something tells me that we, we just need a workaround on this. That's all. We just need a, a little workaround on this. So we'll do our best. So apologies again, um, as we, uh, continue, uh, find ways, uh, I do what I can, you know, maybe if I wasn't so angry, these things would work, but today I was angry. Uh, sometimes that has a way of coming back and biting you in the butt. So, um, yeah, we'll try. Uh, we are expecting a mystery guest, uh, sometime in the two o'clock hour as we are here right now, uh, down, I believe at the stampede grounds, uh, there is a joint bid, a joint Commonwealth games bid, uh, between the uh, city of Calgary, the city of Edmonton, and I believe Satena as well. Uh, the, uh, the Commonwealth games bid for Canada was supposed to come from Hamilton. Uh, but Hamilton kind of backed out of it, um, here, not that long ago, uh, February, I believe. So, uh, we're, whoever our guest is, we'll get a little sense of the timing of all of this. Um, for Edmonton, it's, it's, you know, kind of a throwback in, in, in the way that we talk about Calgary and the uh, winter games of 88, uh, the Commonwealth Games of 1978 were uh, incredibly important to that city, um, still with the living legacy of, of uh, Commonwealth Stadium or, you know, 
the new field anyway uh that they have not the new field but the the field that they have up there uh it's been renovated it's been expanded it's uh you know it's allowed them to host major soccer events it's allowed them to uh put on concerts and and uh just all kinds of things that you know quite honestly i get a little bit jealous of down here that we're not able to do one of the neat things they did uh this past winter in in december i guess it is winter is it winter yeah it's still winter uh one of the neat things they did in december was they did snowboarding they put in a big snowboard ramp and uh, i just happened to be in the city for another event and drove by uh commonwealth stadium and it was at night and it was all lit up and it was really cool um, what a, an innovative, cool use of that facility. So for Edmonton, the, the 78 Commonwealth games, uh, are still quite a legacy. What shocked me a little bit was, uh, that only Victoria since then in Canada for the Commonwealth games. Um, so that was 1994. So a bid for 2030, what will that look like? We were only, well, we're only a couple of weeks away from me uh, railing against needing heroes and, um, you know, this city needs some, you know, somebody to take it and shake it and, and get it back into things. We need facilities. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, you know, I, I will wait until we talk uh, to whoever our mystery guest is um, about what impact this could have on Calgary and facilities. Um, it's, you know, the Commonwealth Games. Are, is everybody familiar with the common? It's not the Olympic Games. Um, it's not even the Pan Am Games. Uh, the Commonwealth Games are obviously, uh, you know, the former British Commonwealth uh, and a, a few other countries. Um, it's important for athlete development. Certainly in a quadrennial, the, uh, the uh, Commonwealth Games are looked at as significant uh, competition and, and something to work to. So they can be big. Um, but in a world that just said goodbye to a queen and, you know, kind of has a king now in England and nobody really seems to be glomming onto it. I, I, you know, one wonders, you know, if, if this doesn't need to be um, rebooted in some way and, and who knows, maybe 2030 can be part of that. Um, yeah. Again, you can't come on a show, pound the desk and uh, you know, and say, uh, you know, I don't want that. You know, it's been a couple of, it's been a big couple of weeks around here. We we're going to play host Calgary. will play host to the 2024 uh, special Olympics winter games. It's going to bring thousands of athletes to our, our city. Now this bid um, it, it's it, it, how the two cities how the three principles interact will be interesting. Um, you know, who, who does what, what, you know, I've, we've got a little bit of a blueprint from, 2011, 2012 with the world juniors, you know, that co that co-branded, uh, event. Um, now obviously, you know, Edmonton didn't want to do that again because they've hosted a bunch of world juniors since then, but that's a different topic. Um, co-branded in the province it could really be interesting. Um, well, we'll see, right. We'll see. We wait. And, uh, that's coming up in the next hour. Um, I'm just sending Pete a note here. And the Flames are back home. They will uh, play host, um, I believe it's Anaheim on Friday. So they got a couple of days off. Um, mentioned last night that uh, Markstrom got the victory. Um, the game itself, not a beauty, not a behold, you know, nothing to behold. Almost outshot two to one. Um, you know, uh, 
Minnesota is dangerous, but it, it, you know, they have not given up. I mean, how'd you like to be uh, uh, Philip Gustafson? Um, you know, second straight, essentially a shutout, right? You know, 60 minutes against Calgary in Calgary on Saturday, 65 minutes. You don't give up anything last night. You lose in the shootout. So you get three of a possible four points without giving up a goal in regulation in two games. Ah, only the NHL, right? Only the NHL. Do you believe today? Do you, do you believe today maybe more so than you believed in the past? It's been a hard couple of weeks around here if you're a Flames fan. Uh, you know, the trade deadline has come and passed a little as self-admittedly working around the edges. Uh, do you believe any more than you believed before? Two wins in a row against quality opponents, teams that are playoff either in or around and, you know, have the same aspirations that you do ahead of you in the standings and you get four points out of it. Uh, your schedule quality opponent is going to um, open up a little bit ease up a little bit if you allow it to ease up um you know that's i think there are some who follow this team much closer than i that would suggest that they play better against better teams this year than they played against the bottom feeders but they're going to see arizona they're going to see anaheim they're going to see some of those teams they're going to see some pacific division teams they don't have any more against edmonton but they have uh something against vancouver still to come um there's no room for error there really isn't. You, you know, this is not a team that will afford a two or three game losing streak. It's going to have to win at a, an unprecedented clip for this season. Um, you know, it's too early to say that they're back in it, but they're, you know, they're either back in it or delaying the inevitable. Need to score. Need you got to find a way to score. Now they scored against, eh, they scored against Dallas on uh, Monday. Monday didn't score against Minnesota in two games. It's up and down uh, Herculean effort last night by Jacob Markstrom. One of the questions that was la asked last week when you had both Ladar and Markstrom struggling is how do you get the tandem going again? Well, I, I think we got the loud and clear answer from Daryl Sutter after practice, I want to say, or between games last week when he said, no, they're going to give the net back to Jacob Markstrom. You're paying Jacob Markstrom as a starter. We're going to play Jacob Markstrom as a starter. And I think he's given you some really good efforts, um, you know, in the last couple of, last four starts maybe. Um, he's 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 gone out and given you quality starts, starts that you can win with. Where were they early in their season? Why weren't they there earlier in the season? Don't have the answer to that. Really don't have the answer to that. Um, and is it too little too late? It looks like the percentages say too little too late. But you need to let him get his confidence back. You need to let him roll and find you still have tenure and term with him. Um, you're not moving that contract if he continued to play the way he was playing, not to suggest you're going to be able to move it regardless. But he's still an asset. You know, we're so quick to dump things around here. Ah, uh, he worked, he didn't work, it worked, it didn't work. Um, it just, it's amazing to me how short our memories are and, and how short our investment are sometimes in people, especially with goaltenders. It is a, what have you done for me lately business? Um, this, this tandem has not been, you know, 
very good at all. Um, it's had its moments. I mean, Vladar had the streak of, of picking up wins, but you know, that fell off. We know about Jacob Markstrom and, and how shaky he's been. We know about the goals early in games, first shots. We know how that's gone. Um, it's, it's the backbone of your team. Like how nobody goes far without a stud goalie now. And last year you got stud goaltending until the postseason. That's when it went away. There's still a lot of question if one is related to the other. I mean, was that a, a hangover, that second round blowout by the Oilers? I never thought it was, but man, it you know, something wasn't right. When you'd go from tops in the league to near the bottom of the league in your tandem, which is not changed out, you got to ask some really hard questions. Um, now, again, nobody is suggesting for a second that it's solved, it's figured out, let's move on. It's gone down an interesting path, and last night was a great performance that needs to be duplicated, regardless of the outcome of this season, needs to be duplicated the rest of the way to give confidence to your teammates. Um, you know, and I wouldn't, you know, they're never going to come out and say, oh, you know, we didn't trust them. Or, but I think we all saw a team that didn't trust its goaltenders. That, that just, you know, never got the big save when it needed the big save. Uh, I wouldn't hang the Boston lot. Well, maybe you do. Um, you know, you pulled Vladar after five shots and he didn't, you know, he didn't go the rest of the way. The last two periods belonged to Markstrom uh, against the best team in the league. Uh, Toronto, you lose 2-1. Can you really hang that on a goalie? No, but, you know, and, and I could be, you know, I could be completely wrong on this. Last night struck me as kind of the first time um, that a game was stolen this year by a Flames goalie. Now, that's probably not fair to no, October and November. Uh, they were probably somewhere in there, but it's been a while since a goaltender on this team stole a game. Um, other than that, uh, Richie, Nick Richie. Oh, it's going to take me a while to wrap my head around that. Um, continues to get time on the top line last night. Um, different. Um, still taking minors. Um, what was up with Ryan Hartman? Where did where did Ryan Hartman all of a sudden get, uh, you know, piss? I mean, he's always been kind of a player on the edge, but a little piss and vinegar last night. He was mad at the world. You know, he took the double minor there, which was completely unnecessary. and. Um, you know, that might have been, the, quite honestly, might have been the story of the game had the Flames capitalized on that four-minute opportunity. They didn't, so they slide through that. But if you're Dean Evison, you can't be happy about a guy taking that kind of undisciplined penalty. I mean, neither Anderson nor uh, Lewis really seem to be doing anything now. We don't hear. We don't know. There might have been something behind the scenes. I don't I don't know, but that was a little you know, crazy in a, in a sense, but the flames did not make them pay for it. Calgary 0 for five on the power play penalty kill was good. Two for two when it needed to be as mentioned Calgary off for the next couple of days. Did you know, are you aware that the world baseball classic is underway? Are you aware of this? Uh, the world baseball classic beginning last night in the Orient, uh, four pools this year featuring 20 teams, uh, Canada, in a pool in Phoenix. So, you know, that's nice. Uh, their pool, Colombia, Great Britain, Mexico, and the host U.S. So that's a, a little bit of a murderer's row. Uh, these are, are fun tournaments if you're winning. 
They're very easy tournaments to forget about if you're not winning. They are part of a greater debate and discussion to me in sport about best-on-best competition. The World Cup shuts FIFA down. uh, Sorry, shuts uh, world football down, and FIFA has the stage. That's built in. That's the way it is. That's non-negotiable. You know, at least my feeling of how I see the game of football abroad is that uh, your number one responsibility is to your country. Your number two responsibility is to your club team. Um, And maybe I'm wrong about that, uh, but that's how I feel it's done. Um, But you have everything that leads to the World Cup. The NBA participates or has participated in the Olympics. Um, Of course, the dream team of the late 80s and early 90s was, you know, fascinating theater to see the best on best for the first time. I'm not sure um, that the world stops and takes notice of the Olympic basketball tournament if, you know, the U.S. is beating Angola by 50 or you know, if they're running up the score against Australia or France. I mean, I, I, I think all of those teams, quite honestly, <laughs> given the U.S. fits at times, but the U.S. rolls through that. I know here in Canada, I was of the opinion six, seven years ago that we were about to enter this golden age of male basketball, you know, world dominance by our country that, you know, where we were producing NBA players at a, at a, a great rate, uh, that th- there's no reason that, now or a couple years ago or a couple years from now that we wouldn't be, you know, in those conversations to push the U S for a myriad of reasons. Uh, that has certainly not come to fruition, um, by not qualifying. That's part of the reason, uh, the women's game continues to be the flag bearer for the sport in the country. Yes, we do produce uh, a number of NBA players, but we're also producing a number of WNBA players. And, um, while the women still haven't quite broken through the way they should, uh, there does feel that sense that in that regard, uh, there's more, you know, more of a chance Then there's baseball. Well, though, let's do hockey first because hockey again, uh, I wouldn't call it incompetence as much, you know, I, I think there was realistic reasons uh, why uh, best on best hasn't happened in the Olympics the last couple of go rounds. We know that, you know, it had more to do with China and COVID and security issues. Uh, you know, they were close to going, uh, ended up pulling the pin and, and we didn't get the best on best. Uh, haven't had a world cup since the team North America experiment and team Europe experiment. Um, there's a real reluctance uh, by the NHLPA and the NHL to have any best-on-best competition that does not have the Russians involved. Having said that, um, the Russians can't be involved right now, shouldn't be involved. There needs to be some punishment for, you know, uh, you know, here we are again, that that world of sport, politics, and 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 the world. Um, you know, the Russian aggression, the Russian invasion of, of the Ukraine can't, you just can't. So the, they weren't at the world juniors. It's funny how many people just didn't put two and two together, didn't care, didn't think about it. Just forgot that the Russians weren't there. They won't be at the, I don't believe they're at the world championships. I might be wrong about that because I believe the double I Jeff is, is kind of double clutching on this a little bit. I think they're saying, ah, shucks, you know, I know, you know, the NHL and the NHLPA, again, refuse to do best on best until Russia can be involved. Um, 
and and that might be their path to normalization when as soon as this you know end the stupid war you know allow ukraine to rebuild apologize pay for the damage has been done go back to russia uh again here we are in politics but you know it seems like a lot has to happen before we're gonna have best on best in hockey but even when we have best on best in hockey we still haven't figured out when um the winter games uh th that's the logical place but there's there's a contingent of people that would prefer to see the the uh, the game the hockey component the ice hockey component move to the summer games to allow for nhl participation um again i think that you know the world cup just has it better than anybody does it better than anybody in football um, you know, here we, we started this whole conversation with the World Cup of Baseball. I mean, are you fired up about the World Cup of Baseball? I, I'm not really fired up about the World Cup of Baseball. Um, you know, I, I need Canada to stubby clap it. Uh, if you'll remember, I believe the Panama. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, the games back in 99 in Winnipeg and uh, Panamanian games. Um, and stubby clap and the Canadians like that was a moment talk to Peter Labardius about that he'll he'll take you pitch by pitch through the whole thing that was fun but I'd be lying to you if I said I watched every inning prior to that I mean it was that big game where you knock off you know David knocks off Goliath and and on we go um, you know this Canadian team's an interesting roster it's got Freddie Freeman on there um, who's doing this to honor his mom and he's got Cal Quantrill I might I think is you know, one of the starters and one of the more prominent starters. Um, but again, it just, uh, you know, with this, where it's located does not seem in the, in sorry, where it's located in terms of the schedule doesn't seem to be appealing to a lot of people. Doesn't seem to be uh, in baseball. Um, you, you had a lot of players uh, pull out injury related, you know, th there just doesn't seem to be the affinity for the national team. Um, that there might be in other sports. And I don't want to say for a second that people, uh, you know, the kids from Venezuela aren't playing for Venezuela. The kids from Mexico don't care. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying within the sport, there doesn't seem to be the affinity for best on best. I think baseball looks at it as another property. Baseball looks at it as another way of getting their uh, game into other countries. But again, doesn't feel as natural as the world cup does. Right. Um, you know, and, and hockey's long, you know, tried to figure it out, uh, you know, put it in the middle of the season. Well, ask the Islanders and John Tavares how well that worked out for them, right? Injury there. Um, you know, you've got a lot of operators down south that don't see the value in the Olympic Games the way that we might see the value in the Olympic Games. Um, you know, best on best competition. It's funny, we're talking about best on best competition with Calgary and Edmonton and Satena hooking up for a, a possible Commonwealth Games bid in, in 2030. Um, what, how do we view the Commonwealth games? Is that best on best? No, it's the, the Olympics are best on best, but you know, back, to, you might get some argument there that, you know, the world track and field competitions are, are best on best. I know, um, there's a lot of X games athletes in the winter games would rather be at the X games than the winter games. They don't have the same value to them. So best on best competition, it, it really does kind of float through the atmosphere. Doesn't it a little bit? these different sports and um who knows canada gets a couple of wins under its belt canada you know beats up on mexico or you know plays the u.s tight and we might be hanging off the edge of our seat uh when it comes to um you know to the world baseball classic uh by the way we are live this afternoon in the oodle noodle studio local 
loved delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. Two locations, 1244 17th Street, 17th, not 17th Street, 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie. Pick up and delivery. One story that we have not gotten to, still trying to find the right guest, and we will get to that guest, is the uh, current dilemma that are here we are talking about best on best and we mentioned the world cup and we're we're just removed from canada's first appearance in on the men's side in the world cup uh since 1986 we have the women may or may not go to australia for the world cup this july and august um depending on the outcome of the mess that um we find ourselves in and the, the deeper you dig in this and there's been lots of conversations and, uh, you know, again, credit Rick Westhead at TSN. He's done a lot of, a lot of the digging in this. Um, it's a very tangled web. Um, I think what's beginning to take shape are the different sides in all of this. What's beginning to take shape is that, uh, there were some unintended consequences. Uh, there was opportunities, um, yet here we find ourselves with the women at loggerheads with Canada soccer. Now a framework is in place for equal pay. Um, there is some thought that when the men are supposed to come back together, that they might not be very happy. Uh, we do know that soccer Canada in this unprecedented era of success for both franchise or for both sides, the men and the women. And let's, let's be perfectly honest, women reigning Olympic champions, Canada back in the world cup, one, you know, one conquer, uh, one. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're CONCACAF, um, the top team coming out. Yeah, didn't get the results we wanted at the World Cup, but nonetheless, you know, as successful as any uh, male soccer team in Canada has been in 50, 60 years. Yet both teams 
both sides are facing incredible cuts to their budgets, almost 50% on the women's side, significant on the men's side. Um, lots of controversy about who does what with whom and who can do what with what. Um, bottom line, uh, for those who are not paying close attention to this, is uh, to be a uh, FIFA uh, country in good standing and host a World Cup, you have to have a professional domestic league which we did not have in Canada up until a couple of years ago in the start of the CPL. Start of the CPL, um, the owners there look for ways of growing the sport. Soccer Canada could not get Bell or Rogers interest in broadcast rights. So the CPL started Canadian soccer business, bought the rights, got them at a fairly reasonable price of $3 million a year, um, it's a contract that is now in the hands of some media, and I would suspect we're going to see some reporting on it here in the next little while, uh, that suggests that it's not a very well-crafted deal uh, for one side. I think it's, it very much favors the CPL, but it's also that deal has kept the CPL afloat, the Cavalry and um, you know, and other teams, Edmonton not, not so much, but um, you know, there are some teams and I think we all know the history of soccer in our country. We know how difficult it is to run a, uh, a professional men's league in our country. Uh, and it just, it need, something needed to happen. But meanwhile, you know, the deal signed in 2018 blows up uh, because of the success the, the men and the women are having. And now uh, that money is not going to where it should go, back into Soccer Canada's coffers at the rate that it, it, it you know, that it's been earned. And here we have ourselves a dilemma. The women are unhappy. The men are unhappy. Um, Soccer Canada is going through an unprecedented change of leadership. Uh, the, the government's not happy. Uh, th there's nobody happy in this. I, I don't think for a second that the CPL has done anything untoward. I don't think that the owners of those teams have done anything illegal. Uh, you know, they, they drafted a good deal. Soccer Canada, if anything, is culpable for, for signing a bad deal. And, and not having the foresight to, to predict some of this and not having the faith to see some of this. Uh, you know, I think there's some grandstanding that goes on. And I, I you know, I'm critical of Rogers in this case. Um, you know, Rogers had the opportunity to step in and, and help that sport make it its own, uh, but instead chose not to and then ended up, you know, cutting a deal with, uh, with one soccer to show their broadcast on Rogers. So there's no, you know, Roger, everybody said, oh, we watched the qualification on Rod. You did, but you weren't watching a Rogers product. They were just the platform for it. Um, you and I, uh, Bell and Rogers have not lost a lot of money lately. Let's just put it that way. And haven't really shown great leadership in, in some of these areas in terms of our domestic products. Um, you know, you can make the case that, that Bell, TSN, grew the world juniors. Yep, they did. Uh, you can make the case that Bell, TSN, you know, created or grew the CFL in the last decade or last couple of decades. You could, but I think, you know, we had Danny Austin on from Post Media and others around the CFL are a little bit critical of how the lack of competition on the broadcast end has hurt the product. Um, you know, you, you look at Canadian Tire yesterday. Canadian Tire, or two days ago, um, has now set gender equality sponsorship goals for 2026. They are fostering the new league, the women's league, which we have a team here in Calgary, which wants nothing to do with the CPL, which wants nothing to do with Canadian soccer business, which wants nothing to do with the mess that is soccer right now.
We have, funny enough, a leadership void. We have, funny enough, too many fingers in the pie. We have, funny enough, no hero. And where have we heard that conversation before? Where have we heard that conversation before? There is so much money to be made in sport right now that greed has outstripped responsibility. And I am not looking at any particular sport. I think all of them in our country at the NSO level, uh, many of them at the NSO level, many of them at the provincial level, uh, and certainly uh, even at the community level, look at what's going on in the GTHL right now. Uh, speaking of Rick Westhead, uh, you want some fun? You want to feel really good about where sport is in our country? Start reading that stuff. Who stand, is, who's responsible for this? Like who can, who can step in and help Soccer Canada get, get past themselves and get them on a path? Is it the government? No, I think the government can play a role, but um, it's not Sport Canada. It's underfunded. It does not have the mandate to do this. It should, but it does not. It's an interesting time in sport in our country, <laughs> as we are about to talk about a, a Commonwealth bid. Um, it, there's a lot of fires. There are a lot of fires. There's lots of reasons to be optimistic. There are lots of reasons to be proud and happy and um, absolutely, and we should never lose sight of that. Um, there's lots of good things, but there's also a, a, just a huge sucking sound out of the center of this country when it comes to leadership and a void we have. Uh, I'll, I'll restate my case from the first show, the second show, the manifesto and everything. Our world is full of managers. We lack leaders. And the difference between the two is one, uh, managers try to placate everybody and don't take responsibility. Leaders try to do the right thing and take responsibility. It's as simple as that. We've seen it in Hockey Canada. We've seen it uh, with Bob, oh my God, with Bob Slay and Skeleton. Just these absurd um, shenanigans that are going on at the top. And now with Soccer Canada and what should be an unprecedented time, you know, you talk to Carlo Bruno with uh, Calgary Minor Soccer Association and, and they've got great uptick in participation. Like Again, I started the show by saying representation matters. When you your team gets back, when your country gets back into the World Cup or when you have success at the Olympics, people, kids want to play. They are, they're inspired to play. Kids want to play hockey. They're inspired to play hockey. And you have all of these issues that need to be dealt with we need somebody needs to i know what's going to happen this is my prediction that we will have a um we will have some sort of senate committee uh or whatever the government term is uh to canvas the country and index and inventory the issues in sport and then we will say here's the document and go forth um you know and uh, Ask our indigenous population how, you know, everybody viewed the truth and reconciliation document. It's taken a long time. Um, meanwhile, there's lots and lots and lots of revenue to be made off of kids and their families, and, and that's happening at an unprecedented rate. Um, boy, I'm not giving you a lot of reason to be happy today, am I? I'm kind of a downer. My apologies. I'm having a rough day. I just am. So, but we'll get through this together. Um. Have you, by, by the way, I don't think I've read this since day one. I got to keep track of this. We are in the Oodle Noodle studio. You saw we were, we're in a different location today. Um, we're moving around fourth, fourth location. Uh, 
but it's homey. I like it. Um, have you, have you kicked around flamesnation.ca? I know some of you are kind enough to come because you know, you're, you're supporting me, but have you checked out flamesnation.ca features, game reports, shows, and podcasts like the barn burner Afterburner. Did you watch Afterburner last night? Did you, do you listen to Bar Burner today? Uh, those shows are not like this show at all. Um, they tend to be a little bit more upbeat, uh, a little bit bluer, and uh, they probably don't take themselves as seriously. Uh, but you should check out flamesnation.ca for more programming. Today is March 8th. Today is International Women's Day. Uh, today is a great opportunity for us to tip our hats. Uh, you know, as we are lamenting the struggles we have in sport, if we're lamenting the lack of leaders we have in sport, let's let's just take a moment and recognize that we live in a in a city in particular um, that has a tremendous amount of talent um, on the female side of athlete athletes, of coaches, of managers and leaders. Um, so this is a great opportunity for us to tip our hat to the Katrina LeMay Dones of the world, to uh, the Cassie Campbell Pascals of the world, um, to there's just so many. But I would point to uh, my good friends over at CSEC and the number of wonderful uh, female leaders that are being developed over there that are going to either stay there and do great things or, or go somewhere else and do great things. Uh, I think of Candace Gowdy from the Flames Foundation. So um, just want to make sure that we recognize that. Uh, speaking of great female leaders, uh, Cheryl Bernard, the curler in studio next week. Um, she's going to join us. Friday in studio, Jason Ribeiro from the Calgary Surge. He's going to join us. Um, he's the part owner of the surge who are going to play their inaugural CEBL season coming up in May. Eric DeHatchuk will join us as well. Uh, coming up on, on Monday, um, since we're going to run down the roster anyway, uh, Mike Board, my old buddy, Bordy, general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks in studio. We'll uh, talk about the Roughnecks who have their St. Patrick's Day game coming up, which is always uh, some fun. And uh, we'll talk about jerseys with Mike because Mike and I have had many, many lengthy jersey conversations. I uh, was also expecting a visit from Ryan Pike, our uh, NHL insider on Monday. And then next uh, Wednesday, uh, mentioned Cheryl Bernard. I did not mention Trent McClellan. That's right. Trent McClellan, our pal, our buddy, our good friend uh, from this hour has 22 minutes. He's currently on, uh, on tour uh, with his uh, dirt road kid tour all across Eastern Canada. Hopefully he's going to bring it out to the West. So Trent McClellan's going to join us. So that's coming up next week in a couple of moments. We are continuing to get information from what was announced. Uh, a joint bid for the 2030, the 2030 uh, Commonwealth Games between Edmonton, Calgary, and Satena. Uh, we have a mystery guest, somebody coming up, going to join us. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing about what is going into this bid. And, and part of it is good too, because 2030, it's not 2026 or something like that. We're not jumping into the breach real quick. Um, and the cooperation around the province, what this will mean, what the legacy will be. These are all questions that uh, we certainly are going to want answers to. Uh, and hopefully the mystery guest will be able to provide that for us. I was not expecting this. I had heard rumblings of a Commonwealth Games bid, but certainly was not prepared for um, something this quickly um, and this kind of broad. I mean, th th we're going to find out today that this is not something that was thrown together 
in the last week or two. We're going to find out that there's been some effort and a lot of work put into this. So uh, I am very, very interested to find out uh, where that goes. Uh, since I am in a pissy mood, since I am a little angry, by the way, there's the pride tape. Um, I'll rail about this. Uh, last week, we announced uh, Project Ref with Kidsport Calgary. And actually, this is all good news. It's not bad news. Um, I am very, there you go. There's the logo. Project Ref for Kidsport. Very excited to announce that 40 kids, 40 kids whose families have received support from Kidsport this year so they can participate in sport, 40 kids have signed up to become officials, uh, which is a great number, which is we didn't know what to expect. So uh, very excited that th these young um, these young kids will get the opportunity to get the equipment they need, to get the training they need, and then to get the part-time job of giving back to their sport uh, by participating as a referee. So uh, if you want to learn more about it, check out uh, Kidsport's website. You can check out my website at uh, robker.ca slash community. It's up there. Um, this is you know, something that, hey, listen, if you wanted to, if you're interested in giving back to the community and when you want to put your name on it, let Kidsport know. They'd love to have a, a corporate backer on this. Um, Kyle Raymond, NHL referee, uh, sent him the information. He sent me back a note actually today and said it's awesome and uh, they will help any way they can. Uh, right now, um, great interest from hockey and soccer trying to get into basketball and baseball and volleyball and wherever we can add um, more into the infrastructure under the guise of, of giving kids the opportunity to earn some money, uh, participate, give back to the game. That's what Project Ref is all about. And uh, again, there's the other part, which I will participate. I'm not going to do so much today, but I've kind of said my piece is I'm hoping this also launches us into a conversation about behavior, coach behavior, fan behavior, parent behavior. Um, I know, I know whenever we do this, it, there's always the pushback, but this referee was mean to me. Um, we've got to create a dialogue an open dialogue for officials and participants in sport so that they can um, start eroding away all of this ill will, because without, if you don't have a referee, you have a scrimmage, you don't have a game, you have a scrimmage and we are eroding away at the base we have this incredible base of, of senior officials that have been in it and have put up with it and are still there. And every time, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves. The retention rate is so low. Um, and it's always the same thing. It's just that abuse. It's just that abuse. It's just that abuse. So my hope is that in the next little while, we will be able to um, somehow figure out a way of creating a dialogue starting a conversation, this issue, the issue that I talked about off the top, all of these issues, even the, the leadership issue in sport, we're not talking about tomorrow. We're not talking about by the end of the week. We've got to start setting our goals a little further out than that so that we have runway to get there. So I don't think for a second that we're going to change the dialogue in an arena or in a gymnasium or on a soccer pitch uh, by the end of this month. I believe that we need to create processes and the systems in which to create that change in 10, 20, 30 years. So that's what we're talking about. But I am very excited and, and uh, tip of the hat, as it were, to our good friend, uh, Kevin Webster over at Kidsport. 
We are live in the Oodle Noodle Studio. We bring the heat. Try the butter chicken mac and cheese, Kung Pao noodles, Bangkok Pad Thai Classic. They've got vegetarian gluten-free options, kids. Uh, two locations, 1244 17th Ave Southwest, 105 Main Street North, Airdrie. Pickup and delivery. Now, we have been promised a guest to talk about the Commonwealth Games bid, but they wouldn't tell me who it, they said it's going to be a surprise. It's a mystery guest. So I'm very excited. Let's go to our mystery guest now. Find out. Oh, not him. Not not him. Ta-da! Ta-da! David Leg, everybody, from Mount Royal University. Of course, uh, a friend of the program and uh, one half of the uh, the vaunted, uh, heralded uh, We've Solved Nothing podcast. Um, probably, arguably, the most important man in, in sport and recreation in Calgary these days. Why are you there? Why are you part of this? You're supposed to be in Banff right now. Well, yeah, that's, you know, listen, <laughs> I asked myself that same question. Um, why am I here? So I'm part of a community group that's been chatting about these games and this bid for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat, somewhat, I don't want to say quietly. It's not like it, um, but we just, it, it's something that we've really wanted to, you know, think about and consider. And today is the day that we, you know, kind of pulled the curtains back and revealed, you know, our aspirations uh, for hosting and games. And it was funny because you were asking me a little bit about this, not directly. The last I sure was. <laughs> and I had to not, I had to not spill the beans and it was really difficult for me, Rob. It's not, yep. I do not keep secrets well. So it's been a challenge for me to try to kind of keep this under wraps because I am, I'm pretty, I'm pretty passionate, pretty excited about it. But at the same time, you know, we just felt that we needed to do a little bit of legwork um, to kind of get a few ducks in the row before we, you know, kind of decided to, to present it publicly um, yep. and then really begin in earnest the engagement piece of it, where we get, you know, input from the various communities around Alberta that potentially could be involved um and so now the rubber hits the road so to speak but yeah you're right i was supposed to be out in out in banff with the adapted physical activity initiative that we were going to do with the the medical conference but i i found some people to back me up who are quite honestly better at it than i am anyway um and so it's probably that hard to believe it's probably yeah it's probably it's probably best for all involved quite honestly gotcha all right um i've gotten the press release but obviously i'm on the air so i can't read it can you give us a a (laughs) summation of what was actually announced today okay so so what was announced today is that commonwealth games canada is recognizing alberta as the preferred candidate to bid to host the 2030 2030 uh, commonwealth games in alberta and so what now has to happen is that we begin in earnest the engagement with the communities to learn about what the priorities might be in a Calgary context, an Edmonton context, a Sutina context, a Bow Valley context, and then how can a games benefit those communities from their own priorities? What are the facilities perhaps that need to be built or upgraded or enhanced? What are the arts and culture, you know, initiatives that can be enhanced? Like how can a games be a catalyst or a spark to address any number of initiatives that are either already on the books or ones perhaps that we haven't even really given full consideration to. Now, bear in mind, a games is not a panacea for all that ails us. And so, you know, a lot of people will probably say, oh, you know, it could address this, it could address this, it could address this. And then, so for the next four months or so, it's going to be our, you know, kind of collective opportunity to consider all these various ways that a games could provide that spark or that catalyst 
and then putting together the actual proposal itself that we then submit to Canada Games uh, Canada, which then, then by November, then would potentially get presented to the International Commonwealth Games, and then potentially they would vote on it. And then potentially, again, like there's lots of, you know, kind of potentially still along this path. Sure. Uh, and then ultimately, again, potentially Calgary and Edmonton and Sutina and the Bow Valley and, and other communities, perhaps within Alberta, host the 2030 Commonwealth Games. So a couple of different uh, offshoots of, of your answer. So let me start here because I, I just came on the air and assumed everybody knew what the Commonwealth Games were. Yeah. Is that a safe assumption or do we need to, you know, we haven't had a Commonwealth Games in in Canada since what, Victoria in 94? That's right. So the last games in Canada were 94 in Victoria. The game, the last Canada games prior to that were in 78 in Edmonton, hence the yeah. Commonwealth Stadium. Right. Um, and so the Commonwealth Games are, will be 100 years old in 2030. So it would be the 100th anniversary of the games. Hamilton was the first to host the games. They were known then that time as the Empire Games. So their, their genesis is linked to the British Commonwealth, hence the, the name Commonwealth. There's 74 nations that are somehow, again, all connected uh, to the British Commonwealth that have been mm-hmm. hosting games since 1930, every four years, summer games. And so our proposed schedule would be in August of uh, 2030. Satena, tell me about their involvement. I, I know that Bow Valley is in there as well, but Edmonton, yeah. Calgary, this seems like a, a, the next chapter, the next level, the next way of, of, of going about this in our country. Yeah, well, so so very early on, we, we, you know, we, again, the very small group of us of community activists, I don't know, advocates, I don't know what, what we call ourselves, yep. um, we approached the leadership of, of Sutina, and in part because of the facility with the Seven Chief Sportsplex, um, which provides, you know, a tremendous venue and opportunity to host sport. But then beyond just that, it's it's focusing on those truth and reconciliation recommendations that are specific to sport and recreation and just continuing on with this uh, relationship uh, development. And, you know, again, to, to use that, the terminology, the truth and reconciliation, you know, recommendations and just focusing on this idea of developing partnerships and agreements and working together to host these games. And so you're seeing that again, whether it's Calgary and Edmonton, whether it's, you know, Calgary, Edmonton and Sutina, whether it's Calgary, Edmonton, Sutina and the Bow Valley Parkway. And then again, other communities within an Alberta context that perhaps we haven't fully pursued yet. Right. I think what these games are doing, and I would say that this is a bit of a trend for multi-sport events on a global scale, is moving away from a one city, one games approach to mm-hmm. more of a, a regional approach. And I think what that does is it allows more people to benefit from the games. It lessens the cost burden and the responsibility to any one jurisdiction. Um, and it allows you to benefit from an economies of scale. And so, you know, Sutina might have a facility that would work best for this context. Edmonton might have a facility that works best in different contexts, Calgary, et cetera. And so we're allowed to benefit from this, the variety of strengths and opportunities that if we had just looked at it from a one centralized perspective that we would we may not have been able to have accommodated. I, I guess I should, I probably should have asked these questions in order. I'm, I'm <laughs> Is it safe to say a Commonwealth Games is very similar to a uh, an Olympic Summer Games, or is there a, a significant difference in the in the different types of sports that are offered? Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, there. Are, I mean, I guess they're similar in that they're summer. 
<laughs> Perfect. And there's there's that. And there's lots of countries that are involved. So I guess they're similar in that sense. Um, you know, like the, the 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 sports that you would see in an Olympic schedule, like athletics, so track and field, swimming. Yeah, you would also see those in a in a Commonwealth context. But you'd also see then sports in a Commonwealth context that you would not see in an Olympic context, like cricket. Um, mm-hmm. That's all field hockey. And so there are sports that are probably perhaps or not probably perhaps that are more popular in a Commonwealth context that you would not see in Olympic context. So those sports are subtly different. The size and the scope is significantly I would say smaller, uh, just and the number of countries is smaller. Um, the impact on the the host organizing committee and the local communities is lesser. Um, now, by the same corollary, then you know perhaps you're not getting the same reach uh, from a marketing perspective. Right. Um, so those things are, are somewhat in parallel. But the Commonwealth Games are referred to as the friendly games, um, and so maybe there's a little bit of that though that 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 kind of trickles down into how these games might be slightly different from an Olympic and Paralympic model or context um, in that they are smaller, manageable, more, again, perhaps friendly. The other thing too about the Commonwealth model that I, that I really value and I like is their focus on things that, and listen, you and I have talked about this a lot. My, Mm -hmm. you know, my belief in these values of equity, diversity, inclusion, belonging, and the Commonwealth games have really made, you know, I would say specific efforts to to be gender equitable, for instance. I think they were the first major sporting event to do exactly that as far as, you know, numbers of competitors and medal opportunities between male and female. I, to the best of my understanding, they're the first major games that have had a truth and reconciliation focus and a specific mandate looking at the indigenization and the decolonization of the games themselves, which, again, you know, has the the, the historical connection to the British colony and the colonization that has taken place. But I would also argue that the countries that are involved in this, such as the New Zealand's, the Australia's, the Canada's yeah. of the world are, are making, you know, significant effort and attempts to, to do better um, on those, you know, in, in those areas. And so we have that in common too, and the games can provide that mechanism by which to continue to pursue those values, but in a collective front from other like-minded countries. Is there a para component? There is. And that's, oh, that's, how is it that I didn't come, I didn't address that right away? didn't want to say anything. My bad. Um, So that's another piece about the Commonwealth Games that is different from an Olympic and a Paralympic Games is that there's not a Commonwealth and then a parallel Games for Athletes with a Disability. There used to be. Back in the 70s, they actually had a paraplegic, so it was specifically wheelchair sport with Commonwealth Games. But that ended kind of in the late 70s, early 80s. I don't remember exactly. But starting in 1994, and it was actually Rick Hansen who really spearheaded this, um, is that the Commonwealth Games have events embedded within them mm-hmm. that are full medal status um, for athletes with a disability, athletes with an impairment. And so if there's a, a track event for a, an athlete that races in a wheelchair, that medal counts in the same way that an able-bodied athlete's event would they they march in the opening ceremonies together they in fact you know Chantal Petitclair who's a, a member of the Canadian Senate was the the chef de mission for the for the Commonwealth team a number of games ago and so you see that integration and inclusion of athletes with a disability in a Commonwealth games which is dramatically different than other international multi-sport games the Canada games does that as well um so again again you know that that history and that that value then uh is embedded within the Commonwealth movement as, as well David, as you begin this journey and as your group has worked together, uh, what do you view as the, 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 
the biggest roadblock in front of you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just leave it there. I, I have some thoughts, but I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Or challenge or opportunity. Yeah, I think, you know, communication is a barrier, I would say, with any initiative and any endeavor. Um, being able to reach people at the right time in the right place and, and in the right way is not is not easy to do. Um, right. And so for the next four months, in, and in many respects, I've taken on a little bit of that responsibility myself as, as one of the kind of the, the people that are that are wanting to initiate this is to take on that community engagement piece. And I am, um, I, if I'm being honest, I'm quite anxious and nervous about that because I know it's a daunting, it's a daunting ask. Mm -hmm. um, so the ability to connect with people and to listen and to, to, you know, both listen and reflect and share um, is, is something that we're going to have to really work hard at um, right. to make sure that, you know, we are engaging with people where they're at so that they can participate in the creation of these games. And it's not a top down telling us, telling, you know, the, the province, this is how the games are going to work. And this is what it's going to be like is so for the next, for the next four months in particular, like we really have to get out there, meet people, engage, listen, um, and ensure that as we collect all this information and this feedback, that the games are truly a reflection of what the people of Alberta want and need. How do you go about being equitable about the different sports? I mean, and the only recent yeah. example I have is the world juniors in 2011 and 12, which I believe Canada played their round Robin games up in Edmonton and then the playoffs yeah. were down here. Have, have you begun to have that, that draw or, or how, how does it work? Well, it sports for each place or. Well, okay. So again, that, and, and listen, that, that too will be a conversation that's going to have to take place. Right. Um, I, I am sure, you know, everybody will have their preferences and, and, and what they want to do. And at the end of the day, everybody can't have everything all the time. And so, right. you know, negotiations are going to have to take place and choices are going to have to be made. Um, that's above my pay grade. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't know about those conversations and I don't know how that's going to happen yet. And I'm not quite sure if I'm, if the, the little that I know, I'm not sure that that's been fully thought out. I, I think that's part of the next four months is figuring yeah. that out. Okay. Um, like right now we're at a place where we are enthusiastic. We're excited. We're passionate about wanting to bring these games to Alberta. And, you know, the first thing that we had to do was get the Commonwealth games, Canada to approve mm -hmm. us as the preferred candidate so mm -hmm. that we knew that we could move forward with it. Um, and so now that we've got the, the, that, that thumb up, um, so now we can take that next step and really engage with people to think about more the the pragmatic side of it. Um, but yeah, so like of course, it's it, any conversation that you have with any community, there's going to be give and take, and so that's just something that we have to go in knowing that that's going to happen. Tell me a little bit about who makes up this this crew of yours. Who's who's at the helm? Who who's rowing this boat? Well, an apt metaphor as far as rowing, it's Roger Jackson, Doctor Roger Jackson. Who was an Olympic rower uh, who competed in 1984? Ah, I should know that. Um, I can't remember exactly when he was a competitive rower. Anyways, um, faculty member at the University of Calgary, um, Roger Jackson Sports Med Clinic, named in his in his honor, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he has just been a, a a true. He was involved with the bid to host the 1988 Olympic Games, and and not just the bid, the successful hosting of the 1988 Olympic Games in Calgary. Um, he has he is a like a, a wealth of knowledge 
um, on games, games bids, uh, kind of creating a platform by which to host games. I, mm-hmm. I, I hazard to think that there's anybody that doesn't have a, you know, a stronger background in that side of it. And then there've been a number of other individuals, you know, kind of like me, um, who like a Cynthia Watson, who's the CEO at, at Vivo. I, I, I hate, I hesitate to kind of go through the full list because I, you know, again, without the list in front of me, I'm probably going to forget. You're gonna miss somebody, people, yeah. And I don't want to do that, but those are the kind of people who have been sitting around the table again, just, you know, kind of, kind of spitballing and, and thinking, okay, well, what about this? And what about that? And, and then, and talking to different people. And it, it's been tough because we've been trying to do it a little bit under the radar um, and because we weren't ready necessarily to go public with the conversation yet, but at the same time, we had to talk to people to get their sense of where they thought this could be and, and where it could go. So we had to, we had to get information and yeah. conversations, but not, you know, not, not necessarily in a, in a public format. I, I really, I, I'm fascinated by Edmonton, Calgary. I mean, the rivalry stuff, I get that part, yeah. but this is, but Edmonton, I don't think it's a difficult sell in Edmonton. I think all they do is point to the stadium and go, I mean, that's, you know, you can say, and certainly we have a great deal of pride in, in our facilities, but for that city, the Commonwealth games gave them an, an incredible legacy and an incredible gift. Oh, and I, Edmonton. Edmonton has a storied history in hosting events. I mean, they might be one of the best right. doing that, right? Whether it's yep. the IAAF track and field championships, the Commonwealth Games that you talked about. I mean, the World University, I believe. The University, I mean, their facilities are excellent. They actually looked at bidding for the Commonwealth Games in 2022, if I recall correctly. Right. Um, which ultimately went to Birmingham. But Edmonton, Edmonton was a front runner of looking at those games and ultimately decided to, to do otherwise. So Bob, Bob Stedward who is mm-hmm. also a member of kind of our group that's been looking at these games. He's, he's an Edmontonian. Okay. Uh, he, was my, he was my PhD supervisor at the University of Alberta yep. um, when I was there. And so, yeah, listen, I, I, think, I, I think, you know, the, again, the opportunities that Edmonton has, I mean, they're building a new velodrome, right? So from an indoor cycling sport perspective, they have a, they have a fantastic lawn bowl facility that would need to be upgraded a little bit, but it's already in, you know, in world-class shape. Um, so they have some facilities that Calgary doesn't. Calgary might have some facilities that Edmonton doesn't. And so I think this provincial bid and then using, again, the Bow Valley, uh, Seven Chief Sportsplex, mm-hmm. I, and again, and, and other possible options too, right? I don't want to give the impression that everything's already boxed in. Like the next four months are really going to be important for us to connect with people and to hear about other opportunities and, and, and options. Well, I'd have to think that the Calgary Firearms Center would be uh you know a great place for trap and and the and the you know disciplines the, the firearm disciplines and if i remember correctly um we we've had a lot of you know i, I believe susan Atris made her her first claim to fame was at the commonwealth games i um, so rob that is a sport that i am not familiar with me a culpa shame on me no it's one, it's one one that i'll certainly endeavor to, to learn more about but yeah, I would be, I would hesitate to talk about facilities. Uh, yeah, I, I just, and, and I guess that it's a long way for me to get to our favorite topic of the last 10 years, the field house. Okay. Does this have any impact on the future of what may or may not be coming? Is this, is this, this has got to be viewed as a, a good thing. It's got to be viewed as at least if nothing else, a supportive argument for the field house. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of these conversations, and to many people, they, you want them to happen, perhaps in parallel tracks, but still separated. And so, you know, if 
Calgary and Edmonton and Alberta doesn't go ahead and Sutina and Bow Valley doesn't go ahead with a Commonwealth bid, does that then mean that, a, that the yeah. dream of building a field house is gone? And I don't, I, I, so I do not want to give the, that impression. And so I think those who are supportive of a field house would say they're supportive. And I, and I include myself in that conversation that they're supportive of a field house period. Mm-hmm. I am also supportive of a 2030 Commonwealth bid period. Now, whether or not if those two can intersect and benefit from each other, then I would certainly be supportive of that too. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to complicate it too much in that one depends on the other. I would say no, that they're somewhat no. binary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that, but don't you think that they would be very easily mixed in together? Well, they could be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, in terms of the, pu- sorry, I didn't finish that sentence. Don't you think they're very easily could be mixed in together in the public discourse? Um, right? Perhaps. Um, but I, I guess, I guess, you know, part of, whoever is leading that conversation, I think just needs to be clear that, that they are somewhat complementary, but, but not necessarily complementary. Right. Um, Just a couple more before I let you go here. And I appreciate the time. Um, The roles of government. uh, I know both mayors, I believe were were at your presentation today, representation from the province. Um, What is the expectation for the three levels? Well, so the the expectation is is that you know for the next four months or so, again, we are in the phase of considering a bit, and so they have committed some finances. Um, so Minister Luan was on today. That the two mayors from Edmonton and Calgary both committed financially to support the engagement piece to pursue a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's their that's that's where they're at and then what will have to happen is ultimately in a canadian context there has to be an agreement signed between all three levels of government so the civic the provincial and the federal government um and so that will then have to happen sometime this summer if a bid were to be pursued formally and presented to the international commonwealth games federation for their consideration you talked right off the top about the next four months and uh you know what has to happen yeah what is the game plan do you have Anything to formally announce? Will we find you at a mall somewhere with a table asking questions? Where? How are you going to go about listening to Albertans about their wants and desires in this? I'm going to come on this show every day, okay, and engage with the the people listening to this show. Um, Rob, I I I wish I had a a, mm-hmm. a better fully baked explanation for you. We're just kind of ironing that out right now. Okay. So that public engagement piece. Because we need to make sure that we're doing it, again, in all the various locales, right? The Edmontons, the Calgarys, the Sutinas, the Bow Valleys, and other, mm-hmm. other communities. So mm-hmm. it's, a big, it's a big task right now, but clearly we got to get going on it. Um, and so, if, again, if there's something keeping me up at night, that's probably it. Um, it's just making sure as we roll this out as quickly as we can to, to generate you know, conversation and input and engagement from people, that we're doing it as quickly and as efficiently and, and as meaningfully as, as, as we need to do. Uh, I'm sure that you were asked or somebody was asked today to draw a parallel line or a straight line, I guess a straight line from the failed uh, winter Olympics bid to this bid in our city. That's, that's not. Now, wait, wait, like I, I have worked on you for saying Olympic and Paralympic bid for years. Olympic now. and Paralympic bid. Please. Thank you. I know, but the thread I was trying to, to go through there and, and my apologies, I'm, I'm in a bad mood today. So it's really affecting everything. Is there a, is there a straight line? Is there any connection between what happened and, or didn't happen in this? Um, well, I think there's, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, they're, they're certainly related. Um, I hope, okay. I, mean, I, I hope it's not the same result. Um, this time, but you know, it was a different, that was a couple, that was a few years ago. It was a different mm. context, a different time, uh, different leadership. Um, I, I, I hope, hopefully, you know, we, you know, the Royal, we, the, the people that are interested in pursuing this and considering it have learned from that experience. I, I was involved with the 2026 Olympic and Paralympic bid mm-hmm. process too. Um, I still am saddened by it. I still struggle with the, ultimately the decision, but you know, the people spoke. Um, and so I think we're hopefully moving forward though, with, with that learning behind us and that, you know, that, that we're able to, to engage with people in a, in a more fulsome, perhaps better way, um, to, to share again, their thoughts to us and for us to share with them kind of some, some planning that may have already taken place too, and some ideas that are percolating already. Uh, and, you know, I guess I get at the end of the day, um, I hope that it lands in a better spot um, yeah. and that we move forward with us. Okay. And the, and the last one for me is uh, because you and I both were part of it, you were, you know, more instrumental than I was, but I, I was very proud to be part of it. Is the Active City Collective and the work that was done on that project, has that got a role to play in this bid? Well, I've got a meeting with Cynthia Watson, who's the current chair of the Active City Collective on Thursday. That's tomorrow. Um, yes, it is. So to talk exactly about that. And so to, uh, to to continue engaging with the community of people that were part of the Active City Collective and, you know, the, the, the that were interested in where sport and recreation and physical activity can play a role within a city context. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, that, that is most certainly an obvious example of a, of a group that I need to connect with. To me, it's, it's exciting. I can't believe you were able to keep it a secret from me when we had you on 10 days ago, but here we are. Uh, and I can't believe you're my super secret mystery guest to come on and talk about this, but here we are. Um, I'm Hey, listen, I, I say it all the time. Uh, I didn't go to bed last night going, geez, I'm counting down the days till we get a, a Commonwealth Games bid. But I, if my city wants it, I want it. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about your enthusiasm for it. Um, you know, I go back to our original show, which was show number two. Of, and this is number seven. So whatever it was five ago. Um, I, I, I hope Roger Jackson or yourself can become the hero that this city needs. I <laughs> I, I read the press release. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm about to to get a little cranky about the press release because I thought the two mayors had completely different. uh, And it's just, you know what, it's hard sometimes when you're reading quotes, but I thought the two quotes from the mayors, it bothered me a little bit that Hmm. Edmonton seemed a little more of a dreamer and Calgary seemed a little bit, well, we'll see if it works, Hmm. you know? So um, we need, we need to dream again. And I stand by that. We need to be dreaming again. The great news of the, uh, uh, the, the winter games for the special Olympics coming next year, this, I feel like uh, clearly because all of these things are done on a dime that I started it. Well, Rob, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate your support. I've been, I've appreciated our friendship. Um, Why didn't you just call me on that last lie? Because I did not have anything to do with the starting of this. It was just timing. Oh, I don't know, Rob. Like, <laughs> Oh, David, I know, I know. I know. Like the conversations that you and I have had, over mm-hmm. the decade and how things have percolated and organically just kind of bubbled to the surface. You had a role in this. All right. Don't well, you worry. I got some ideas if you want them. Uh, you know what? Do you have, can I ask one more question completely unrelated to this? Oh, 
Um, I may regret saying yes to this, but sure. Well, he's a friend of yours. Um, thoughts, meaning for you, Bret Hart's going to have his, uh, <laughs> his banner go up to the rafters at Saturday oh, okay, on so Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You can, you can ask me questions about wrestling anytime. Yeah, um, pretty cool though, right? He's so cool. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and warranted like it's, oh. it's the right play without question. Um, like, like on a global, like what other, like if you were to travel globally, is there another Canadian? Well, maybe Justin Bieber, um, that would be more well known and well respected than Brad Hart. I don't know. Uh, maybe Celine Dion. Um, but yeah, he's iconic. And oh, listen, I like I could. We you got to have me on another show where we can just talk about wrestling the whole time. Oh no, that's 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 next week. Don't worry, about it. we already <laughs> got that planned. No, I just I knew you were gonna come on, and and I again, it's the legacy of Brett. And I don't know if people know this, but he's a regular contributor to your program, right? To your oh. to your classes. Yeah, he he comes and speaks to my students, and I try not to make a big deal of it because I don't want I don't want people to kind of sneak in and take away from the. Right. The class and I, and Brett is really good about that too. In that, you know, the the third year class that I teach of sport and recreation management students, I like making it special just for them. Right. And he comes in and he spends time with them. He engages with them. He makes them feel like there's nobody else in the world that he would rather be talking to in that exact moment. And the students leave that classroom like flying high. Like they yep. they do. They come out of it just feeling like they have and they have just connected with it with an icon and listen i oh my god like you know me mm -hmm. uh, somebody somebody took a picture of me at the front of the class sitting beside him and smiling at him and then they put out on one of their social medias that i don't follow but i somebody showed it to me um and it said something along the lines of you know find someone in your life that looks at you the way dave lag looks at bret hart yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah, yeah. We should all be so lucky. We yeah. should all be so lucky. Um, well, I appreciate the, the feedback on that. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being the super secret mystery guest today. Uh, you know where I am, whatever I can do. If, if it's the hard labor, let's get to it. Cause uh, I want this city to have the things that it wants. And I think the people, are, I, I, I really do. I think we're ready, you know, for a, a run of big events here. I, I really do. Thank you, Rob Kerr. Thank you, sir. Dave Legge, everybody, uh, from Mount Royal University Sport and Recreation. Uh, we do a podcast in Sport Calgary called uh, uh, We've Solved Nothing. We've done it for over a decade. Um, one of my dear friends, and uh, I'm glad he came on. I am, I am a completely aware of what I am doing is not up to pale. I am completely aware what I'm doing here is cherry picking. But I do have to point this out. In the press release today, uh, both mayors, Edmonton and Calgary, were had quotes. And here's the first line from Edmonton's mayor. Edmonton recognizes the importance of hosting major international events like this that not only bring people together to celebrate but leave a lasting economic impact on our city and help support our global image. Okay, that makes sense. Calgary. We support conducting a feasibility assessment to determine whether a joint Alberta bid to host the 2030 Commonwealth Games could see significant legacy infrastructure investments in both Calgary and Alberta's economy. Okay. We want to see if it's good enough. One's aspirational, one's not aspirational. That, and all I'm saying is that it, it kind of goes back to, are we dreamers? 
are we whiners and complainers? And I'm not suggesting for a second the minor, the mayor's a whiner and complainer. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just saying that Edmonton's mayor was like, this would be awesome. Our mayor, well, we can afford it. And I just think we need to get, if I may use a sporting metaphor, I think this city needs to play on its, uh, on the balls of its toes and not on its heels. I think so often we've been on our heels the last couple of years, last decade or so. I think we need to be on the balls of our feet. I think we need to be kind of up there in the ready position, ready to go, ready to burst, ready to fire off and, and, and take on that next, next task. Uh, I think one of the challenges for this particular um, project is going to be convincing you that the Commonwealth Games is an investment. I think part of us as a society is um, we know the brands. And I think the Olympic brand, uh, despite, you know, all the black eyes that it suffered and all of those sort of things, there is a brand to the Olympics and an affinity for the Olympics. And I think that's an easy brand one way or the other to get across. I think the brand of the Commonwealth Games might be a little difficult. I remember 1978. I remember Edmonton getting this incredible stadium. I remember a big uh, grizzly bear from Swan Hills that they nicknamed Keanu riding around in a cage in the back of a truck for the opening ceremonies. I mean, at the time it was like, wow, there's Keanu. He's the mascot of the, of the Commonwealth games. But now you look back at it and you go, Oh my God, like everybody would have lost their crap over that. Uh, I remember that. But you might not, and it may not have that affinity for you. And you may, again, we haven't had a Commonwealth Games here tonight since 94 in Victoria. Now, for my athlete friends, for my Olympic hopeful friends, to my friends in, in sport that are trying to get better, the Commonwealth Games still carries a lot of cachet. It's an important event in the quadrennial. So I, I think we need to rally and, and activate our, our athlete network. Um, you know, I, I, what I am very concerned about is the tribal conversation. The, what I'm very concerned about is we want to spend money on this, not this, um, where we're not listening to each other, where we're not paying attention to each other, where, you know, uh, our party is against it. So our party is for it or whatever, however we want to say this, we need to come together outside of politics. We need to come together as Calgarians, as Albertans and go, yeah, this is a good thing. And then then what we do is, is crush it. Then what we do is set a new standard. Then what we do is do what 88 did, 78 did in the Commonwealth Games. It's It set the standard. Alberta did that. And I think that's what we have to, we need this. We need, we need something like this. I think we're going to do it next year uh, with the Canada, uh, or the Winter Game, Canadian Winter Games for Special Olympics, Special Olympics Canadian Winter Games. I think we're going to do that. We need this. We, and, and wouldn't it be great if we had a Cracker Jack brand new facility, state of the art technology wise and all of that in our city, um, you know, that could play host to, to some of this event. Um, you know, wouldn't it be great if this was the catalyst that pushed the field house and, and, and David Lake is very accurate in that. I think one does not necessarily beget the other. I don't think a, 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 a successful Commonwealth games bid will be the only way we get a, a field house. It shouldn't be, maybe it's the way we get a second field house or a third field house. Um, I don't know, but I think we need to be aspirational in our thinking. And I think we need to be excited about this. Um, we need to learn more. We need to listen. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, I'm willing to play my role if you are. All right. Into our 
final mile. Uh, we already talked a little bit about this, but tip of the hat to Kid Sport and uh, Hockey Calgary and Calgary Minor Soccer. Already 40 Kid Sport kids signed up to be referees in a project that was launched last Thursday. That's great success. Uh, lots of positives, and, and it really, I'm hoping, leads to a, a really robust conversation about officiating the recruitment, but also the retention. So congratulations. Today is International Women's Day. Um, can, and I just want to recognize not all of them. And, and, you know, I'll call David Lake a little bit of a coward because he didn't want to list all the names of the leadership group for the, um, uh, the Commonwealth Games because he was afraid of leaving somebody out. I know I'm going to leave somebody out. But I want to recognize Candace Gowdy. Uh, I want to recognize Amy Bontorin, Cass Vilgrain. Uh, I want to recognize uh, Tori Peterson, Cami uh, Kepke. I want to recognize Vicki Hall, Cassie Campbell-Pascal. I want to recognize uh, my wife and my mother and my daughter. And I want to recognize all the incredible women um, that I get the luxury of Melissa Bishop with Classroom Champions, Grace Defoe, uh, Alicia Risling, uh, on and on and on. Uh, I've I just, all throughout my professional career, uh, doesn't matter if it was forestry, doesn't matter if it was radio, doesn't matter if it was sports. I have been blessed to work with some pretty incredible women. Um, and I've seen it. Like I, I can tell you stories about, uh, you know, how women used to be treated in forest service. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but it was another time. And thank God we've evolved. I can tell you stories about how women have been treated in the media and it continues to be, a uh, honestly a piss poor, um, because a lot of people still think they can, uh, uh, get out and, you know, and rip on them. Uh, but today's about celebrating. So let's stay there. My, by the way, I forgot my reading assignment on, uh, on uh, Monday, but today's reading assignment is from our good friend, Al Cameron. Yes, that Al Cameron, uh, the head of communications for curling Canada. Uh, I, I will put out, I put out the tweet, go back and look at it. It's his on the rocks column, um, which I think today is rather appropriate. Um, let's call it the way it is. Uh, let's call out hate for being hate. That's the final mile Friday, uh, in studio. Jason Ribeiro is the owner, one of the, well, one of the owners of the Calgary search. He'll join us conversation with him about starting pro basketball back up in our, our city and, and their plans for that. Also, Eric DeHatchek will join us. Um, we will continue to get better. We will continue to get stronger. Um, uh, if you can pick up some pride tape. Throw it on your hockey stick if you're a coach. Throw it on your lacrosse stick if you're a coach. Throw it on whatever. Just make sure everybody knows you're an ally. I don't care about people who aren't allies. The only people I care about today who are allies. And uh, I am no better uh, than anybody. I'm not uh, anything better. I'm, as a matter of fact, because I'm not better, I'm an ally. That's where we got to be. That's where we need to be. Thanks to Gavin, our outstanding producer. Mark, our outstanding producer. Jared, our outstanding director of everything uh this has been live from the oodle noodle studio just a game we're back on friday see you, everybody planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.